Where did the name Mighty Merp come from? Good question. Mighty Merp is available on iTunes, Spotify, and all your favorite apps and players. Uh, welcome to the Mighty Merp podcast, <laughs> uh, Don Kaplan and Amy Smith. Mighty Merp. So when I got married, my initials actually uh, spelled out Merp, uh, Melissa Elaine Rosenblum Pizetzner. But when I got married, my younger sister said, your nickname is now Merp. It's like a Muppet. And we loved the Muppets when we were little. Um, so I've been known as Merp for a while. And uh, Mighty is just sort of, um, you know, one of those play on words. Uh, I'm, you know, I jokingly say I'm Mighty. I'm like a super attorney and a super mom. And I can do everything because <laughs> we're women and we probably do need to do everything. Right. Um, but I'm also tiny. You know, I'm 5'3", so I think it's fun oh. when I use the word mighty. Mighty. <laughs> so, um, well, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited. I know we've uh, been planning this for a while, and yeah. I think um, I think we have a lot in common. I think we're going to be able to be like, me too, a lot of, on a lot of things. But um, I did some research on your law firm, and... Like mine, you're a woman-owned law firm. Um, tell me, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll just go back and forth between each of you. I don't know who wants to answer this, but um, when did you start your law firm? And uh, did it just start with the two of you and uh, the focus? I don't know if when I opened my firm, I knew I was going to kind of be I'm not just a woman-owned business, but like a woman advocate as a business owner. And mm -hmm. it definitely, that's how it evolves. So tell me a little bit about your uh, you take that one and I'll do the next one. Okay. Um, so Amy and I started the firm in February of 2012. And at that time, it was just Amy and I. And we, you know, had a few conversations. Um, we actually joined, and we it's Weinberg, Kaplan, and Smith. So Joseph Weinberg is actually the Weinberg in the name, or was the Weinberg in the name. Um, he was looking to retire, and he didn't necessarily want to close his doors, but he needed help. Um, and Amy and I talked about it, and we were at a place together, and we thought that we could do this and maybe make some, I guess, changes internally of how we thought a firm should run, particularly in such a specialized area as family law. Um, so we started it in February of 2012. Joe ultimately retired, I think it was around 2014. Mm -hmm. So then it was just Amy and I, and we had brought on associates and started expanding the firm uh, with assistants and other support staff. And then Michael Weinberg, who is Joe's son, joined us in 2019, and he is now the Weinberg of Weinberg, Kaplan, and Smith. Was that mandated when you... When, uh, when you took over. Was mandated? And we, were, yeah. we yeah. weren't sure that he was really ever going to join us, uh, but we said that no one else could. Um, his name was already there. <laughs> there you go. Um, so were you always family law practitioners? I do know, I think it was Amy was a prosecutor uh, in Burlington. Yeah, I was a prosecutor for five years in Burlington County uh, before I started. And then I transitioned right into family law after that. 
So I was a prosecutor for five years in Burlington County. I did like domestic violence trial team. And then I transitioned into family law um, right after. It was like a natural transition. And Dawn, was that, um, were you always doing family law? I say yes. I came out of law school. I practiced workers' comp insurance for uh, for an uh, insurance defense firm for one year um, and then realized that I wanted to do something different. And when I was in law school, I always thought I wanted to do family law. But when I got out of school and was looking for a job, there was nothing available. But I knew that was my passion. So, um, yeah, for 21 years, family law. <laughs> Right. I think we all graduate and we sort of, if we're not clerking, we might take that first job or that first opportunity, even yeah. if it's not yes. the exact fit. I, I was going to say, no. I don't even have it on my resume, but I worked for a civil law firm for about four months before I started working in the Philly Public Defender's Office. And right. And I've done criminal law my whole entire career, but I did take a job for a few months, you know, just yeah. needing a job. Right. I was a solid one year start to finish. And I was like, if I don't get out now and make the change and find what is really my passion and I knew what it was, I felt like I was going to get stuck there. So I just kind of made the leap and it's just stuck with me. Amy, you were going to add? No, I was going to say I started as a law clerk up in Hunterdon County and I clerked for a family law judge. And she basically said to me, you need to be a prosecutor because it's the only way you're going to get experience and you're going to learn the rules of evidence and you're going to learn your court rules and you know you're going to learn how to present in front of a jury because i found when i shifted to family law there's a lot of family lawyers that don't know how to do that like they don't know what the rules of evidence are they don't like it was shocking to me so i'm glad she made me do that for five years because i it was invaluable court experience right i tell all young attorneys anyone who says they want to be a trial attorney I say mm -hmm. go to a prosecutor's office or a public defender's office. Totally. Um, uh, my listeners know I started in Philly at the public defender's office. I always rave about the experience and the fact that they yeah. really taught me how to be a trial attorney. And I handle a lot of domestic violence cases, which you both know are yeah. in family court. And um, I agree that I a lot of people that are not trial lawyers who didn't have that experience. They don't know the rules of evidence. And um, no. I, the, you know, yeah, some of your judges don't as well. So it, it's important to, you know, everybody know what they're doing. Right. Well, I think people would be surprised when somebody says, well, the judges might not know the rules of evidence. And the mm -hmm. truth is, is that if you're not a trial attorney and you're not yeah. really looking at the rules of how to get into evidence and how to keep out evidence you don't yep. you don't know it right so um when you opened up your firm or i'll say as your firm progressed you know um were there you know what are your responsibilities amy what's dawn's responsibilities i know you're both the co-founders but mm -hmm. uh, do you focus on different things in running a, a business in running the business of law? Yeah, I think we, I think we do. I think as Michael and I are very similar. Like we love to just run with the cases. Dawn handles more of the money um, because we don't want to. Um, so, and he enjoys it. So, you know, Michael and I are like, let's just go and let's get to court. And, and Dawn likes that too, but she also like the managing piece of it that Michael and I would prefer not to do. 
So it, it actually works because we don't ever get in each other's lanes because we all know what we want to do, True. which is good. Yes. <laughs> they don't want to get in my lane. No. Um, so I kind of do the business side of it. Um, you know, we're a smaller boutique firm. Um, they've named me the managing partner. Um, uh, you know, it started out as a joke way back when. Yes. Even when Michael joined, uh, you know, we explained to him what my role was. And he was very happy to say, I have no interest in that. I just want to work as an attorney, but there has to be someone that handles the business side of it. Um, and I actually enjoy it, uh, especially as Amy and I have grown over the years mm -hmm. um, since 2012. Never um, do I think either one of us really ever thought the firm was going to become what it was. And now, even today, we both kind of get up you know, do networking events, work mm -hmm. very hard, thinking that at any point in time, this can all fall apart, um, that we never really thought it would get here. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you think that's a woman thing that we think it can all fall apart at any time? Yes. I and mean, you have a pretty, you know, a pretty solid practice. And mm -hmm. you have, if I counted right, about six or seven attorneys, either mm -hmm. of counsel yep. or associate. I mean, that's a mm -hmm. solid medium size. I, I wouldn't consider that a small law firm anymore. Um, right. You I really know, have I, it that I still call it small. <laughs> I think, but I think it's that we're both um, very grateful. Um, we both came from, you know, neither one of us grew up with a lot of money, um, you know, and, so I think we're just, we're grateful that we, first of all, I get to work with my best friends every day. Um, we have great staff. We have great lawyers. Like we're, we're truly blessed, like to have what we have. And, and the good thing is we appreciate it. Like it hasn't, it, it's not like we take it for granted that we get to do this every day. So, and I hope it never gets to that point because that means that we should probably retire, but um, we are truly, truly blessed with what we have. I was going to say the same thing. I think it came from Amy and I have very similar backgrounds. We didn't come from families that had attorneys, um, families that even went to college. So for her and I, you know, we went to law school and we might have been the first people in our families to get to college, let alone a graduate program of some type. Mm -hmm. So then to start our own firm, I think her and I wake up every day and think we're just the two women that met when our kids were young at a different law firm. Mm -hmm. And we started this um, and we did make it our family. And Amy says, we say it all the time. We try to tell our staff that to let them know that we feel blessed that they come to work and enjoy working. And we don't use the word for, they do sometimes, but we say, no, we work together. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you don't work teeth. for us. We all work together. We truly are. And we call ourselves the WKS team. Right. So let me ask you, I, I have like three questions in a row and I don't know the best order to take it in. So I'd love to hear both of your origin stories about how you decided to go to law school. But before we go there, you know, we're talking about the success of the law firm and that, you know, you're, you have a good sized law firm. You're not, you know, you've grown it over the years, over the last 10 years. So I guess my question to you is, uh, what do you think is the secret of your success? Or what do you think, you know, you're a family, you're a family practice, a family law practice, you handle divorces, you handle custody, I, you know, I, 
So I did see you did real estate. You have someone who does a little criminal as well. So you do mm -hmm. a little of everything, but I guess, um, what do you think has made your office a success or your practice a success? I, I mean, I think for one, I think it's how we look at our cases um, in the sense that, you know, we care about our clients. We want to get them to the other side of what can be very, you know, difficult, terrible litigation. I think we're very honest with our clients. I don't think we sugarcoat things. Um, and I think our clients respect that. Like they, you know, I'll, I'll say to clients all the time, put your own kids through college. Don't put mine through college. <laughs> I say that, I probably say that multiple times a week to clients because I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really believe it, you know? So I think that has made us successful with clients. And the fact that, again, we have this great team, you know, from, you know, our, our paralegals down to our receptionists that make our clients feel welcome. And like, I just had a consult yesterday and she said to me, she said, I just want to tell you, your receptionist is amazing. And I was like, but that, that's, that's it. That's the secret. Like that we treat everybody with respect and, and, and I think it, you feel it through everybody that works with us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I, I have with a the... sign in my office that says like, be nice and work hard. And it's the best compliment when my, you know, when my clients say, oh my goodness, your staff is so nice or they've mm -hmm. been, you know, so great. Um, and listen, I have clients that are in terrible situations and they call the nice. office sometimes yelling at, at, they're just mad and upset. And then they, they say, your staff has been amazing. And I always go out to my staff afterwards and I'm like, I know that John Doe has been a big pain, but he loves you guys. So thank you. Yeah. 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 We, we always share when clients tell us when someone has done something kind or nice for them. Mm -hmm. um, and I carry the same sentiments as Amy. I also think one of the things everyone in our office, we're all very humble. Um, we all know that we're not perfect. We don't know everything. We try to learn from each other every day. Um, and I think one of the things that Amy uh, said and we can expand on is the honesty. We really kind of try to set realistic expectations from mm -hmm. our for our clients from day one. We're not just trying to get them to sign on with us by telling them what they want to hear. And we say that to them. You have friends, you have family, you have people in your life that sometimes you need to hear just what you need to hear. Mm -hmm. But a divorce is very costly and you don't want us to just tell you what you want to hear you need to have realistic expectations so that there are no surprises along the way because the issue at hand, the divorce, uh, the custody battle, whatever it may be, may be the ultimate surprise. They mm -hmm. don't need surprises along the way. Um, and I think all of our attorneys do that, uh, set realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think our staff is patient and that's what our clients need. Sometimes when they can't get us, they just need someone to vent to and um, our staff understands that it's all relative and in their world, this is the worst thing happening and they really are just, we work with good human beings and that goes a long way in this world. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you and that's the same idea at my office as well. Um, but, uh, you know, it's really important to know that even, uh, that simple honesty to our clients mm -hmm. up front. You know, I always say to clients, like I spend so much time at the consultation and then the first interview 
so that they don't need to talk to me as much afterwards, that my staff can handle a lot of their questions that they have. But, um, you know, I always try to have like a realistic expectation of the outcome based on the nature of the charges. And mm-hmm. I have clients call me on traffic tickets and I say, you don't need me on this. I, I'll explain to someone how to handle a traffic ticket a lot of people after I tell them the truth about traffic tickets and what I can do and what I can't do. And then I tell them if somebody's promising you a B or C, they can't like, they're not being truthful. They're trying to scare you into hiring them. And even when I say, don't hire me, you can do this. They call me back and they're like, can you just come to court? I'll pay. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know, but they appreciate the honesty about it. Right. So, yeah. So, um, I'm going to ask each of you, and uh, how'd you end up going to law school? I did notice that all three of us went to Delaware Law School, uh, Widener. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of us graduated in 97, one of us graduated in 98, and one of us graduated in 2000. I'm not going to say who graduated first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So how'd you end up in law school if you're saying like you grew up with family that uh, didn't even, you know, college wasn't necessarily the end goal for you or. I I mean, I knew like once I was in college, like originally I went to college thinking I wanted to be a doctor. Um, And then after doing some of, you know, the pre-med, I was like, I'm done. Um, Was it organic chemistry? Was it organic chemistry? Because that's what usually Um, trips most people up. Exactly. And so I I knew I wanted to help people. I knew, you know, I, 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 you know, originally thought that was what would be good for me. So then um, I originally was going to go to Temple and and I had to go at night because I put myself through law school. Um, And I'll never forget, my dad drove me down there at night and he was like, yeah, we're not going to go to Temple at night. Like I'm not letting my little girl go down there because I'm I'm little too. I'm only five three, um, and that's why. And, and I started at night at um, at Widener, and then um, I ended up transferring to the day program. And I was still able to finish in three years, but um, but it was it was a good experience. I thought. Um, and similarly, Amy and I were there at the same time. We did not know one another when we were there at the same time. Uh, when I originally went to, uh, which was it's now the College of New Jersey, but Trenton State. I thought I wanted to get into some sort of um, forensics, always was intrigued by the FBI, investigations, uh, and then going through meeting with, you know, my counselors. And, you know, I think one said at one point, what about law school? And I said, you know what? I always wondered, I thought maybe I would do like family law. I came from a blended family. So I kind of remember the good and the bad from it. Uh, and thought I could help and make a difference in the same way. Um, and I knew once I went to law school, I knew what I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to be a family law attorney. I just knew that a lot of times they were more boutique firms when they just did primarily primarily family law like we did. I knew it was going to be hard to break into. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of something that I decided to do once I was in college. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so I see both of you... I think you're founders of women-owned law organizations. Yes. Is, that an, is that an organization? Could you tell me about uh, women-owned law? I sort of was reading on your uh, website and bios, and then I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'm interested. 
Dawn? Uh, yeah, it's uh, a group of female attorneys um, that have started their own businesses. They meet, uh, it's not as often as we thought when we kind of joined it, um, but they meet, they brainstorm, uh, bring different guests that could possibly assist in your area of the practice. Like someone could bring in, um, you know, someone that's in the mortgage business. Well, for us, that would help us. We have clients that are either mm -hmm. um, buying a home if they've been bought out or they're, you know, needing to work through the refinance process. Um, so it's just, again, other women that kind of uh, did what we did. So when you... Um opened up your own law firm, were there any major concerns other than, uh, will we make money? That's always, that was my concern when I opened up my law firm. So I, was, you know, I remember I said to my husband, I'm like, we're going to have to start clipping coupons. Like we're, it's going to be tight. It's, you know, yeah. I, I was really preparing for, I, we really thought, you know, it was, it was going to be more difficult than it was. I mean, it was challenging the first couple of years for sure. Um, but it, it, it was a big leap, but but easier than I thought, shockingly. And I think what people don't sometimes realize, um, and I don't think Amy and I realized it, like at the time we thought we were good attorneys and we could, you know, do this somewhere else. Um, but we learned along the way that not only were we attorneys, we had to run a business mm -hmm. and bills had to be paid and there was payroll and there was 401k and there was health insurance and other people were depending upon us, not just our clients. And we really took that to heart as we yeah. were building this, that what we do not only affects our clients, but it affects everyone in this office. So we show up every day for our clients, obviously, but we're showing up for our staff that shows up every day for us and trust us that we're keeping the lights on. Yeah. Right. I like that Dawn went to the business aspect of it, of like, we're a business and we have to, because um, I love being a lawyer and there's lots of things I love about running my own business, um, but the business end, the, I don't even know how else to say, because it sounds really weird, but the, yeah. you know, the, not the collecting the money, obviously I'm in business, I, you know, that's the fun part, but you know, uh, <laughs> making sure that, you know, all the bills are paid and, yeah. you know, you're promoting or advertising in a way mm -hmm. that makes sense. And, you know, do you need an answering service or not? Or mm -hmm. what phone system, you know, all these, you know, business decisions that yeah. as your business grows, you know, when I started my firm, um, you know, I did everything as inexpensively as possible. So my Gmail, my, my emails were Gmails. You know, I created initially my own website. I, mm -hmm. now I, now I have someone that manages my website. Now I have, right. you know, uh, specific, uh, emails for my law firm that are, you know, yeah. law firm generated, you know, um, and, you know, as you become more successful, the expenditures become more oh yeah and so yeah. that's the part of the business that i find really um you know uh stressful how mm -hmm. fast to grow how you mm -hmm. know when to hire when not to hire you know um you know where to i yeah, definitely we, have learned where to advertise that was like right definitely oh, that's hard 
We moved three times. Like we've, we've actually moved three. Well, yeah, technically three times, three times. And each time it is stressful. Luckily twice we're in the same building. So that wasn't too bad, but we, we really grew our space and that was super stressful. Like what if we can fill the space and, you know, Right. Luckily, we have three times as well for for finding the right space. And my email, I think it actually still says it, even though I've been at this location for 18 months now. But at the bottom of it, it says, oops, we did it again. And has the please note our new address. That's funny. But um, (laughs) yeah. So what did you find once you had been in business or successful? I, I know the answer. Well, I'm going to assume one of the answers for Dawn is that she learned that she liked being the business end of being a lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but Amy, what what was it for you other than the clients? I mean, so I would say for me, what I found is I really liked the marketing, and mm-hmm. I like, um, you know, I knew I liked teaching. I've taught at Delaware Law School and, mm-hmm. and Rowan, and so I've been able to do a lot of CLEs and, and promote that way. Um, so I did enjoy that. I, I enjoy the marketing end of the business. Um, what have you found being in, in private practice that you, uh, kind of didn't expect, but really enjoy? I mean, I like that it's mine. Like, I like that, that, that like the pride of like, it's, it's, it's mine, you know, like, you know, when I come in in the morning, we built that. And this is ours. And so you see your hard work and, and where it goes. And, and again, just knowing that we're looking out for all these people that work with us. I think that is, again, I, I feel blessed that we get to do that every day, you know, that all these people rely on us. And it's also our job to make sure they're, they like working here and they're comfortable because as we say to them, they spend more time here than anywhere else. So we want to have an environment where people actually like being here. You know, and I think that's important as a business owner. Right. When you say it's mine, what I what I hear and what I relate to in that is that you're able to create a work environment mm-hmm. that is an environment that not only you want to be in, but that everyone mm-hmm. who works for you exactly. wants to be in. And that's one of the things I'm really proud of, too, because yeah. um, I know my staff likes working here and um I, I always will wrap around to my kids in, at some point in the podcast. So I have four kids and my oldest is a college graduate who's taking a gap year before she decides uh, what to do next year. Uh, for all my listeners, she has decided not to go to law school, um, but she's <laughs> going to get a master's in uh, social work is what she decided. And she was thinking about substituting this year and she was working part-time at my office. And I had a, one of my paralegals went, uh, took a new job in the closer to you in the Cherry Hill area. So I needed a paralegal and she ended up really liking working oh, wow. at the office and she's working full time. She's a legal assistant. Um, she loves the staff and the work environment and, uh, and she's really happy. And it is funny. Once in a while, she'll come into my office and she'll start saying something. And the other assistant paralegal is like, that's more of a mom-daughter conversation than a, than an office conversation. And right. I'm like, I know. Do you listen to the way she's talking to me? You know? Um, I was like, my staff usually just says yes to those things. But, right, right. But it really was a nice shout out of what I created that she 
wanted to work here you yeah. know, and to be a part of it in, in that, in that way. And I, I am really proud of that. that Absolutely. Uh, yes. So, um, would you recommend law school to people? I always ask this question because it's yeah, such always. a mixed, mix. Would you recommend law school to uh, anyone in college? Anyone. Yes. I, I do it. I, I literally just talked to a client yesterday. I'm, I am my oldest. She's a freshman in college, but I definitely am pushing her toward law school. My little one, I'm not. Um, but I just talked to a client about it yesterday. I said, you can do so much with the degree. Like, yes. even if you don't want to be a lawyer, you can work at a hospital. You can be a, like, there's just, to me, it is such a invaluable degree. I yes. know. I tried to tell my daughter like, I'm to get the dual proud. master's. I tried to, yeah. to do the dual, the master's and JD. And she's like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yes. But you would say yes, no caveat. 100%. No, no, no hesitation. I would agree. Um, I have a son that's a uh, junior at the University of Tampa. And uh, he says his fallback plan is to go to law school uh, <laughs> because my mom has her own firm. That's his, that's his claim to fame. So uh, I am pushing him in that direction. I think he'd be good at it. I don't know that he would like family law so much. He may. Um, he just thinks I work entirely too much. But in the same breath of what Amy said, we do. We pretty much work 24-7. The kids don't know me to not have a laptop in front of me everywhere. But I say to them, once it's yours, you will feel very differently about the hours that you work and the commitment because it's yours. It's you've grown it, you've made it what it is. And every day we can strive to make it better. Mm -hmm. um, so as Amy said, it's, it's ours and um, I don't mind working it all the time. And a lot of times I spend weekends doing the business side of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that just makes it that much easier on everybody else when we're here Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Right. Just so you know, I have juniors in college and I have a freshman in college. So, oh my God, we match. Yeah. And last okay. year I had three in college as well because my daughter was a senior. I have twins. So, um, oh my gosh. Are they local or no? Like, where are they going? No. Um, uh, my oldest graduated from SUNY Binghamton. And okay. one of my twins is at SUNY Binghamton. And if, if people don't know who live in New Jersey, uh, the SUNY schools give a lot of scholarship. And so <laughs> they, we ended up paying equivalent to a Jersey state school. Nice. And they, wow. they got the experience of going out of state. My other two were not as kind to me. I have one at Rochester Institute of Technology. He's a junior. Um, oh and God. I thought that hurt a little writing those checks. And then I have another one at Franklin and Marshall, which is in Lancaster. Oh PA. Yeah, yeah. And although yeah. he did get a lot of scholarship and he worked really hard to go there, um, even with getting the most scholarship out of my four kids, his school is still the most expensive. So, right. um, yes, I jokingly say I will work forever at this point. Right. I say that all the time. Um, I'm like you. I will have three in college next year. So I have uh, my son. I'm a blended family. So I'm divorced and remarried. So my son is a junior. My daughter and my stepdaughter are seniors. Mm -hmm. And then my other stepdaughter is 12. So I have a little bit of a gap. Um, but next year I will have three. Um, so yes, I will work forever. <laughs> 
And yeah. then I'll have a fourth still coming up. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the diapers was stressful. Then I thought oh, yeah. the daycare was stressful. Um, people plan gaps four years apart is what I recommend now. <laughs> right, right. You plan it. Don't have them too quickly in line. Right. Do you think that? Um, did you think that being a woman and having kids slowed down your career or your success in any way? Did you think? I no, I don't think it did for me. My husband is so supportive. Um, like he, like we are a team. He pitches in, you know, just as much as I, you know, and he's a financial advisor and super busy. But um, I never had somebody that was like, "Oh, you're the woman. You're going to do X, Y, Z." Like he. He does just as much as I do. So I, I, I don't think I lost any time, fortunately. So you guys have been in business for over 10 years. Where do you see your firm? And, you know, what are, do you have goals? I mean, my goals are to, you know, expand and uh, have a few more t- attorneys in the next few years so mm-hmm. that it's, you know, right now it's me and one associate, two paralegals. I would like to get us up to about, uh, you know, at least two more associates working for me to feel comfortable mm-hmm. with our volume of cases. Uh, do you guys have any goals that you think that, uh, or any change of direction for your firm? Very similar in the sense that we look to expand. Right now, we're looking mm-hmm. for um, an attorney, and I think we could probably use two attorneys, but again, there's yeah. that hesitation. Um, that's that sense of being humble and thinking that at some moment in time, the phones can stop ringing, uh, Mm -hmm. knock on wood in the years we've been here, they just ring more and more. Uh, but no, absolutely setting goals of trying Mm -hmm. to expand that at some point, uh, we're going to get older and we want to keep the firm going that Mm -hmm. we surround ourselves with younger attorneys that want to build their own practice within our practice and bring in their own clients and their own business and be rewarded and compensated that way. Um, So that some point, maybe we can slow down. I don't think Amy and I are built that way, but I think we're, we're told that's supposed to happen. Michael is not built that way either. So the three of us are very much alike. We talk about retirement, but um, think it is something in the very far off future. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though I can't consider ourselves young anymore. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I say that since I, all my kids are adults, I guess I'm not young anymore. Um I right. know I want to do this probably for another 10 years or so um at the pace I'm mm-hmm. doing it now. I think after that it would be nice to be able to slow up a little um with the with right. the volume. Um have you had trouble hiring? I know for my office it took me about yes. 15 months to find someone uh, to fill the associate position that was the right fit for my firm and also, um, you know, was willing to, uh, I would say was the right fit, had met all the check boxes, but I didn't have a lot of people apply either. Yeah, we're finding, and, and I don't, uh, what I'm hearing when I talk to lawyers that do any kind of law, this is across the board. Um, everybody's having difficulty finding new lawyer. Um, and even like a lot of the law clerks that we know that clerked, you know, this past year, a lot of them chose not to go into family law for, for one reason or another. Um, so we're, 
Yeah, we are definitely, and I, but again, I think it's industry wide. We're, we're not. I don't know where the lawyers are going. We would love them to come with us, um, but we just we're having a really tough time. And right. we want to. We have a family here, and we want to also ensure that you're just not bringing in someone to bring yeah. in someone. Correct. That they uh, fit. Uh, you know, what we try to bring uh, to our clients so that we're all mm -hmm. very similar in the aspects that Amy talked about, that mm -hmm. at the end of the day, um, yes, we all get up. It's our job. Um, we have bills. We need to pay them. It's like anybody going to a job and collecting a paycheck. But everyone here, I can say, truly cares about the individuals that walk through mm -hmm. our doors. I, I agree. I think when you're small sure and that you're... That... Yes. I... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, when you're a small firm, that no, 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 that's okay. When I talk about the right fit, I really mean that they're yeah. going to embrace the uh, atmosphere mm -hmm. of the office, the energy of the office, mm -hmm. the way we treat our clients, the way we advocate for our yep. clients, um, and it, they have to be able to fit in all of that. But I was going to say, I, I agree that it's across the board. I find that um, a lot of the clerks here have gone to the prosecutor's office or a prosecutor's office. Um, I do think it's a great idea for experience. I also yeah. think that young lawyers are, uh, they, they have trepidation to join a small law firm like, like mine, mm -hmm. which was uh, mm -hmm. me and two paralegals at the time. Um, now I have an associate with a few part-time people too, but, um, you know, I think, I think of it as an opportunity to be able to grow your business, yeah. to learn from someone who's experienced, to be able to be part mm -hmm. of something, a law firm that's growing, you know, uh, my, this firm has only been in existence five years and it's amazing okay. what I've done in five years. But I think that, um, right. It's scary for a young attorney to step into that, yeah. knowing that it's a young firm. And uh, and I think that's part of the reason why. So I feel like they go to either the big firms that they are getting the check at, they're going to the prosecutor's office or right. public defender's office, or I don't know. I think a lot of, at least where we are, I'm in Atlantic County, people leave the area. So, I mean, you guys are in a more right. dense area. So I would have thought that it might have been easier yeah where you are than where, where I am. No. no, not, not right now. Not, I would say probably in the last two years, it's been really um, difficult. Mm -hmm. Like last year we needed one new attorney this year. Now we're like, we could have two new attorneys and we just can't find, can't find them. Um, you know, anybody that checks all the boxes and we really haven't, I mean, I'm not saying we're turning people away. We really just haven't had anyone that really is interested in, in doing this full time. Right. 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 I, I have had, I had one law clerk that applied last spring and said, um, is remote work possible? Or, you know, is there an opportunity to re work remotely? And the truth is, is that you know, I, my associate who works for me has kids and there are days that she works at home and she writes briefs. Sure. So it's all fine. But I was laughing. Yeah. I was like, I am a criminal trial attorney. You have to go to court to work at this job. Yeah. Like there's, <laughs> you, 
Yeah, you can't do it remote if you want to be in court. And I'm like, how are you going to learn if you're in your home and not in my office? No. Right. You know, it's one thing if you've had you all, you know, all this experience and then you're, you know, working right. file work or reviewing cases at home. I mean, I can do that. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, sure. You, you got to go to the office to learn. You got to go to court to learn. Yeah. I mean, the best, yeah. the best lessons sure. sometimes are watching other attorneys, watching attorneys that are effective Definitely. in court and then watching attorneys yeah. that are not effective in court. Definitely. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Well, you guys have anything else to add? It was really nice meeting you. Your law firm looks amazing. Um, thankfully, oh, I do not thank need your you. services. Thank you. I don't need your services because I'm divorced already. The most amicable divorce in the world. Oh. My kid's dad comes to the house a few times a week. He visits. He says hi. Oh. He, he, nice. he comes and visits Very his nice. favorite children, which are the dogs, you know. And, uh, uh, and always. Uh, some, yep. Sometimes he gets dinner. Sometimes he doesn't. And then I'm like, okay, see you later. <laughs> That's great. It's like a marriage. <laughs> Maybe there's dinner, maybe there's not. There you go. Yeah, that only happens once or twice a week now. Not not every day. So No, no. Exactly. Yeah. So well thank you so much for coming on the Mighty Merp podcast. Thanks for um, having us. Thank you so much for having us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mighty Merp Podcast. This podcast is not a source of legal advice. No two legal cases are the same. Contact an attorney if you require legal assistance. Mighty Merp is a production of the Law Office of Melissa Rosenblum 